Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Racing. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Clear the Shelf podcast. As always, I am joined by my altruistic co-host, Chris Racing, uh, and we're gonna we're ready to dive back into another episode. But before we get started, Chris, I noticed that uh, besides your upper lip, you're you're fairly clean shaven, which is unusual. I'm used to a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of a beard, or maybe a five o'clock shadow. Uh, or maybe even you know a three-day shadow, uh, and so I was wondering maybe you want to share why uh, why the baby face. Well, see now I know you're fibbing because it, if you're if you're going by the thumbnail that you use on on YouTube, you, you love using the mustache one. So that is true. Uh, and but this is actually the period of time where your favorite thumbnail of me is the most relevant uh, because we are recording this and it'll be released. Uh, in the official month of Movember, uh, with an M as in mustache, um, it's a it's a charity that I've been doing. This is actually my tenth year. Oh wow! Um, ra- raising money for for Movember, yeah. Um, I think it's a, a great charity. Um, they they do tons of work. Um, you can look it up Movember.com for anybody that that uh, is interested in in the story. Um, but basically, they they raise awareness and and funds for. Uh, men's health mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a pretty wide range like um, uh, they do uh, suicide prevention uh, general men's health uh, mental health uh, prostate cancer and testicular cancer oh nice um, so it's all yeah it's all folded underneath that um, you know and the basic premise is that men die uh, roughly five years earlier than women um and the problem with that is it a lot of it is preventable uh causes mm-hmm. um so and and i think you know like one in six men are are diagnosed with prostate cancer in their life um testicular cancer is on the rise in young men um i think it's uh uh gosh what is it worldwide once every minute a man dies of suicide mm-hmm. um and then, you know, and then that kind of ties into the mental health. So, you know, so, so just that portfolio of things that they're looking at, um, you know, it can be difficult for men to talk about certain things. And, and I think Absolutely. that's where they get where they're coming from with the mental health and, and the suicide prevention. Um, you know, so it's it's actually it's it's breaking down stereotypes and, and, and doing a whole lot of good and, uh, you know, kind of taking us to a place that, that it's hard for us to get on our own. Mm-hmm. Um so it, it just really resonated with me. Um, so yeah, so, so basically I'm, this whole month, I, I will be growing my lip curtain and uh, it's all for a good cause. Um, and the funds go directly. They've, they've funded, since 2006, they've funded over 1,200 programs uh, worldwide. That's, that's so, incredible. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I didn't know really until recently 
like how big of an issue. I, I mean, I knew that more men like committed suicide. I, th- I know this is not like the happiest note to, to jump an episode off of, but uh, you know, I knew that the, the number of men who did that was, was higher, but I did not realize that it's like five to one, yeah. uh, which that, that kind of blew my mind. Uh, yep. You know, and, and I think, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. Like if you and I, and, and a couple of buddies get together uh, it's not like we're going to take some time and, you know, uh, dish about, you know, the hardships that we've had over the past week. Uh, we're going to, we're going to bust each other in the ribs a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about sports. Maybe we talk politics or, or, you know, current events for a little while. Uh, but we're probably not going to be like, Hey, are you doing okay? Uh, not that, not that we may not care about each other, you know, but it's just it's kind of the way that guys are and and you know social stigmas i guess that maybe need to be broken down a little bit and i think they are i think we're getting there you know but uh mm-hmm. yeah i i'm a i'm a big fan of of this one so if you are inclined i would I, we are going to post a link to chris's fundraiser in the in the uh down in the video description or the podcast description wherever you happen to be checking this out and if you are moved uh please make sure to to donate any any amount is is good uh i have done my donation and uh thank you i'll i'll tell you what if we tell you what if you hit uh if you hit a thousand dollars in donations uh i think i'll i'll match 50 percent so We'll take it from a oh, thousand wow. to fifteen hundred. So, hopefully, that'll get people oh, to man. move the needle a little bit. That would, uh, yeah, that would blow my uh, old personal record away. So that's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, and the key is, anything and everything helps and is greatly appreciated. You know, there, yeah. there's, if uh, you know things are tight and, and you only got five extra bucks and, and you throw it in there, I, uh, I I'm just as appreciative uh, for those, um, and and. Yeah, I think that's an important part, you know, to, to know is, you know, don't be, there, there's no shame or anything like that. It's, it's, we're all doing good and we have a chance to make a difference. So, mm-hmm. uh, any amount, uh, it is very much appreciated. Like I said, yeah, and thank you Chris, for that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, plus we're going to get to see that crumb catcher grow, uh, over the course of the next month, uh, since oh, we do this podcast on video. So it'll be fun. And if it, so, maybe if we hit the goal, then you know if it's later in the month and my mustache comes in, you know maybe I could do a show in one of those sleeveless cable guy <laughs> outfits that you know and and have a fake doorbell. Uh, I'm here to fix your cable, you know, and just go full full on with the motif, right? Absolutely. Did, in a month's time, does your mustache get long enough that you can style it with a little bit of wax? No, no, I, man, and that's what, you know, like this is. I'll be honest. I cheat a little bit. Like I, I don't go. The rules are supposed to be clean shaven on Movember first, right? Mm-hmm. But they're showing pictures of guys with like waxed tips, like three weeks in. It's like there's no way, you know. And I, those guys are ju- juicing with testosterone for a month ahead of time. There's no <laughs> right. way that that's just natural. Like Rogaine in the morning, or something, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's that's. So, so I, I do, I, I'm not fully clean shaven. I mean, it's, it's pretty short, but you know, there, there's, you, you learn a painful lesson as you get older. Like th- there's a very small window where stubble, you know, 
doesn't look like you drive a windowless van and, and, smoke, and smoke two packs a day. You know, like it, it, there's a very small window where it, it might be considered cool. And I'm not in that window. <laughs> so so I do, I, I give myself a little head start, but no, I, I, I can't get to the waxing the tips end. Dang. All right. Well, that's all right. All right. So before we hop into the actual episode, there is, there's a little bit of hot gossip in the Amazon world. Uh, and I figured we should probably broach the subject here just for a little bit, even if it's just to make fun of these folks. Uh, but I actually, so I learned about this because you posted a screenshot as a joke uh, about a seller in the Amazon forums who was <laughs> discussing their untimely disappearance and, and what, <laughs> what might have caused that. Uh, and now, to me, it seemed a little dramatic. But we should probably dive into why they said it. Uh, and uh, it, se it seems from what Amazon is saying that in the Amazon seller forums, they're probably going to be adding storefront names to everybody's posts. Like you answer uh, something in the Amazon seller forums and it's going to be, you know, at uh, Chris for me, but then it's going to have my storefront name right next to it. Uh, and so, you know, this uh, this clatch of Karens that hangs out on on uh, the Amazon seller forums on a regular basis uh, is very up in arms about it. Uh, I'm curious, what's your take? Is it a good move? Is it a bad move? Are they really trying to shut down the forums without shutting down the forums, or or what is it? <laughs> I, I I'm at a loss of, of figuring out what the benefit might be <laughs> you know it's uh, a lot of the stuff that amazon does um you know they, they'll give a a pat answer like uh you know in our in our efforts to make a you know a more wonderful marketplace for everyone we decided we that, listen and it, it, we it listen to no amazon sense. seller feedback and and are making <laughs> well, these changes Right. <laughs> like, hey, uh, I want to be able to stalk anyone that has ever posted on seller forums amazon um Mr. Jassy, could you help me? You know, like I, but I don't post in there. So, and, and that's the kicker. Did you hear that part? It's, it's like if you've ever posted in the forums, like they're yeah. going to retroactively add your storefront. Yeah, um, there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of data mining going on if if the, if and when this change comes through. Uh, and I also heard some gnashing of teeth about uh, people were trying to go back and delete stuff, and you could only go back like so so far. You know, so the people who've been screaming for 10 years into this abyss, uh, you know, they're out of luck. Their, their stuff's there forever. You know, arbitrage is against terms of service. Like, all right, flipping for early retirement. I hear you. Yeah, you right. Know, like, guess what? I, I, that's, I will stalk that personal store. If you're, uh, yeah, if you're, you're talking, uh, if you're giving bad advice, maybe that's, uh, I, maybe I should make lead lists, like, specifically just from <laughs> bad advice from seller forum storefronts yeah but that, that, yeah the, like the actual quote was that, that was the best like in the event of my sudden silence like, <laughs> like, it was like and the joke was it, it's like they're in witness protection programs and their cover was blown you know i know <laughs> it was so dramatic it was great I, and i i get it i i don't think that it's necessarily the best move uh you know but and i can't i can't exactly figure out what it is my conspiracy theory brain, you know, the the, Ale the little Alex Jones on my shoulder, uh, is is telling me that 
Amazon is doing this because they know it's going to shut all these sellers up. Like nobody, the forums are going to be dead. And then in six months they can say, oh, well, you know, due to, due to lack of seller participation, we're going to shut down the forums. Uh, you know, but on the other hand, maybe they actually want to clean it up because there, there really is one, there's a ton of bad information out there, you know, uh, arbitrage is against terms of service and, uh, you can't sell used books. Uh, on Amazon, or you're going to get your account suspended, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but then there's also some bolt, like I've seen people just straight up call other people like you're stupid or, well, that's not the words they use, but you know, and, and maybe they want to kind of clear that out and maybe, you know, having to show your storefront shows who that is, but they have to know that black hat sellers are going to come in and just screw with people. So yeah, there's, I don't see the good, like I can't even yeah. come up with a, a, a bad blanket statement that they would use, uh, trying to justify it. Yeah. It does, doesn't make any sense. So fortunately I, I don't hang out there very often. I've never posted in there. I've read, uh, enough of it to know that it's a place that I should stay away from, uh, much like the Amazon seller forum inside of Reddit. I love Reddit, but. The Amazon forum on Reddit is another place that's just a, a cesspool of negativity. Uh, and ain't nobody got time for that. So uh, if you happen to be a, a long-term user of, of the forums, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that doesn't come back in any kind of negative way or anything, uh, but we'll see. So, all right, we should probably get into today's episode. Uh, and today's episode is going to be a bit of a grab bag. Uh, it's <laughs> Chris and I were talking beforehand and Chris made a good point. Like we have tried, we, from day one, we are like, you know, we're really going to try to keep these episodes to 30 or 45 minutes. And we've said this multiple times on the podcast. Um, we're batting a, we're batting a thousand, uh, of going over 30 to 45 minutes. I, I think Alone the right shortest by. episode, yeah, I think the shortest episode was an interview that we did, uh, and even it was 60 minutes, and everything else has been an hour to an hour and 20 minutes uh, or more. Uh, and, you know, so, but even though we always go over, there's always a ton of topics that we want to get to that we just haven't been able to. Uh, and so we thought we'd pick out a few tonight and just... Uh, chat about them a little bit, go back and forth and, uh, and kind of see what comes out the other side. So Chris, what, uh, what, are, what should our first topic be? So, uh, you know, in our, our productivity episodes, um, you know, we, we've talked about it a couple different times, you know, of course, uh, you know, our, our love of atomic habits is well known. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and almost just as well known as, uh, the motivation myth. Um, but I, uh, I want to talk more about following our natural rhythms. Um, cause I, I've, it's no secret that I'm a night owl. Um, and even like the last few weeks has been like, my schedule is, is so whacked out. Like, even I'm kind of weird about it. Like, I mean, I, it, all right, well, here's, here's the background. Um, a buddy of mine in a, a group chat, uh, posted that he, and he works for the bank that I left after almost 10 years, right? So he's still there and, and he posts in the group chat. He goes, Hey, just got a promotion and a big raise, blah, blah, blah. You know, and everybody's, uh, you know, congratulating him and, and stuff. And, and it's a guy chat. So 
we're normally we're, we're, you know, talking smack to each other and stuff like that. So, um, and I'm kind of wired that way. And it was one of those days. And so I, I thought it was funny that I wanted to, I didn't end up posting it because I, you know, I let him have his, uh, you know, his, his moment in the sun. But my first instinct was to be like, oh yeah, well, uh, we're, we're bragging about our job, huh? You know, and I want to tell him like that I, I got out of bed at, at noon, you know, and, and made a few hundred bucks before, you know, before I picked my daughter up in the early afternoon from school and, you know, just kind of be a, a <laughs> little snarky about it, but, uh, I decided against it. Uh, but it, it got me thinking, and I think there's, a there's, there's a rift, uh, between the, the productivity hackers mm-hmm. and the, uh, e-commerce passive income work when you want to self-employed crowd i i think i don't think it quite fits you know i i think uh, uh some of that is is you know maybe a a square peg trying to be fit into a round hole you know where, where stuff is because you, you know you listen to people like you know I, the first person that jumps to mind is is dr uh huberman andrew huberman um and you listen to him and i i think he wants me to wake up at like 4 a.m every day you know and and you know milk the chickens and and you know get the the morning sun in your face for ultimate productivity and and you know like so being a night owl that stuff doesn't fit you know and i kind of have to calibrate it to my own schedule um so i I, what i wanted to run by you was you know essentially like do night owls need their own set of rules or you know like do we kind of have to reset you know, productivity, the classic productivity hacks and whatnot, because the, the point of my snarky comment was, you know, typically if somebody says I got out of bed at noon, that carries some implied shame, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that I'm, I, I refuse to feel, you know, because <laughs> the point is I can get out of bed at noon. Uh, it's not like I'm, being completely lazy because i i stayed up till four in the morning i got my mm-hmm. eight hours of sleep and that's just how that's just how my sh- my schedule has shifted just through you know because my wife works you know it actually fits with her work schedule and you know not so much with the school schedule but you know we, we work around that but you know but my point is instead of feeling shame i can say i got out of bed at noon and i was just as productive as i wanted to be and i needed to be and I was at the end of the day, I was perfectly happy with my production for the day. You know, so I don't know. What what do you think how how do you shoehorn classic productivity uh into the job that we do and the flexibility we have with our schedules? That's a good question. Uh, so I know another one of our favorite people, uh Alex Hormozzi, kind of talked about I watched a video where he talked about this recently. Uh, and he started the video, I mean, really good. It was a great hook. He was like, uh, I'm worth a hundred million dollars and I don't make my bed. Uh, and I was like, that's a, that's an incredible hook that like, I want to know what you're going to say now. Uh, but you know, Alex Ramosi is worth a ton of money. Uh, he is someone who gets up at like four o'clock in the morning just because that's the way his rhythm is. But he's like, I don't make my bed. I, I don't, you know, have a morning routine. Uh, I don't work out before I work. He's like, I get up, I walk directly to my office and I go directly to work. He's like, I don't shower before I go to work. He's like, I just do it. 
Um, and so, like, I think we can take the productivity hacks and, and methods and strategies and frameworks, and I think that they can be adjusted for people who have different rhythms. You know, I, I am, my natural rhythm is, is late, is a night owl too, you know, and I always, I always like to romanticize it and, you know, oh, well, I have the same natural rhythm as, as artists and musicians, even though I couldn't paint anything, nor can I carry a tune in a bucket, uh, you know, but I think that you can use the same principles and just realize that, you know, so you go to bed a little bit later. But the biggest reason that people want to be in the 5 a.m. club is because they want that 60 or 90 minutes of solitude and quiet, you know. And, I mean, heck, you've got kids and a wife. I'm guessing everyone is in bed and asleep by no later than midnight. And you then get four hours of quiet and solitude where you can do work. So, yeah. I mean, who's actually winning there? Is it the guy who gets 90 minutes in the morning before he's got to help get the kids ready for school and, and things like that? Or is it you who you've handled dinner, you've handled school pickup, and everyone's off to bed, and now you get four hours of solitude and no interruptions? Right. And is there a difference? You know, are we essentially, are those classic hacks trying to accomplish the same thing that I have by simply following my natural rhythms, you know, isn't the ultimate goal that section of, of quiet time to where you can concentrate? Um, yeah, now, as, as long as that four hours of, of concentration isn't me scrambling around to do everything that I should have done earlier in the day, then that's, you know, that, but that's yeah. on me. But, you know, but as far as like, you know, a, a fully productive day, I don't know. I, you know, I like it. it it's, uh, and I've, you know, I, I, I did the, the nine to five and, and I forced myself to get up and then I started to get kind of good at it. And, and, um, but then once I, once I quit and, and, you know, left it up to myself and turned off my alarms, um, I, I just naturally drifted back, uh, into, into this schedule. So, but I think, I think it's just as good, you know, I, I think it's, it's ultimately, uh, being able to carve out time you know, to where you can concentrate and, and be effective. And, and as long as you're not like forcing yourself to stay awake, which I'm not, um, I'm something, believe it or not, sometimes when it's, you know, it's four o'clock in the morning and I have to make myself stop working just to try to try to wind down, you know, and I've got to, you know, I, that's when I start reading books or something like that, just to try to try to slow the motor down a little bit. Sometimes I'm still raring to go if I'm on a roll. Yeah. I mean, see, that's, that's the thing that may just be, when your flow state is naturally, you know, uh, you know, if, if you read anything about flow states there, there are a lot of times where a certain time of day is better than other times of day for people. Uh, and I don't know, I would almost argue that people who are night owls might have a little leg up because I read a study a long time ago. Um, and they followed people who were morning, morning birds or whatever they call that. And there are people who are night owls. Uh, and like after 10 PM creativity seemed to have this kind of overdrive or, you know, kind of second wind. 
and that's when a lot of people who've done some amazing coding work or writing or anything like that have gotten a lot of really cool things done. Uh, you know, so I wonder if that's a, actually kind of a, a superpower for those who, you know, want to stay up late at night. Uh, yeah. And I, I think, a, you know, I think you're the configuration of your day leading up to that period of time has a lot to do with it too. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's because I, I, you know, the interesting concept of, of decision fatigue, you know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you can certainly, you could certainly think of two very different sets of people, you know, the, the nine to five person that, you know, wakes up and has to get in the shower right away, barely has time for a cup of coffee, has to decide what they're going to wear. You know, they've got a dress code in their office or whatever that, wherever they work and they, they have to make those decisions and, and maybe there's traffic and, and a detour. And, you know, you, you hear about those, that stereotypical nine to five worker and all the decisions that have to be made. And then, you know, the, the rigors of your own, of the job that they're working in. And, and there's certainly a lot of decisions that they have to make, you know, within their own duties that they're, they're paid to do. And then by the end of the day, or, you know, maybe they get done with work and they got to pick up kids and then you have all the, you know, you have to help with homework and you have to try to remember, you know, long division or whatever it is. And so then, so you picture that person just frazzled and it's like, okay, you know what? The kids are in bed. It's nine o'clock at night. I'm just going to pour a glass of wine and I'm going to put on Netflix and I am done because you can't take it anymore. You know, mm -hmm. and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, I, I, I subscribe to that life for a long, long time, but I don't, there's not a whole lot of stress, you know, throughout my day. You know, it, it's, I, I, I don't take what I do for granted and the, and the freedoms that I have, you know, so I typically I'm in a very good mood. Um, the dogs, you know, think they need to go out every hour on the hour. That's a little stressful, but you know, if that's uh, if that's my biggest stressor throughout the the daylight hours, I, I'm doing all right. So I'm I'm pretty fresh. Uh, yeah. When it comes to uh, the nighttime, it is it is funny, and I know this is an aside, but it is funny that now that I work at home, how often the dogs have to go out. Now, if I'm gone for eight hours they can make it without having any accidents in the house. But if I'm here, like they need to go and yeah. like it is, it has gotten to the point where I have actually researched, uh, turning our sliding glass door into an automatic, like, like a, like a grocery store door with a little RFID collar on the dog. Uh, and if it wasn't an $800 installation, I would, I would probably do it. Uh, <laughs> That somehow, like my resignation letter, shrunk their bladders by two thirds <laughs> of, of what it was when I when I worked offsite. Yeah, it, it just crazy. blows my mind. But yeah, I I I really do like this idea of kind of following your natural rhythms, especially if you have the opportunity to. I know that you know for the folks listening who might still have a nine to five, you may not have that. Uh, you may not have the opportunity to be able to follow your natural rhythm. But if nothing else, I think it's just another one of those things that people should think about, okay, well, maybe this is why I should have a side hustle, or this is why I do have a side hustle is so that I can opt out, uh, you know, of, I mean, you call it the rat race, you call it whatever you want, but you can opt out of not being able to be the master of your own time. 
and yeah, I don't know. I, I that's why I'm term. That's one of the reasons, maybe the biggest reason why I think I'm terminally unemployable. Uh, you know, I I'm typically up by seven thirty or eight o'clock at the latest, uh, just because of of school and stuff like that. But uh, if I chose you know, not to be the one to take my son to school in the morning and, uh, you know, worked it out with my wife that she was the one who did it. Like I could sleep in and, and I don't, you know, I don't have to answer to anybody. And, uh, I, I don't know. That's just, that is one of the most rewarding things about doing this for me. Yeah, absolutely. So all the night owls out there, uh, you're not alone. <laughs> if you're, if you're, you know, pumping out some serious productivity around midnight. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm likely right there with you. So and don't, uh, don't feel bad if you, you know, you read, read something in, in a, you know, a classic book or something like that. And it's like, you know, I, you need to get up early. I, 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 I disagree. Yeah, me too. And I would, uh, I would have to say by the, the timestamps on some emails and some DMS that I get, uh, I would say that there's a lot of people who are, are night owls. Good. So that there's, there's another thing that we should talk about. It kind of ties in with, with following your natural rhythms, but, uh, it's, it's the 70, 20, 10 rule. Uh, so, and that rule is 70% of your work is going to be mediocre. 20% of your work is going to suck. Uh, but 10% of your work is going to be absolutely outstanding. Uh, and I think this fits in, in a couple of different ways. One, I, I think it's absolutely, uh, spot on. Uh, and, but I think people need to appreciate this a little bit more. Like it's not a, it's not necessarily a bad thing that 70% of your work, uh, is not going to be great. And 20% of it's going to suck. Uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, and I think part of, I think that shifts a little bit when you get up to bat a little bit more often, you put in your reps. Uh, and I think that a lot of people, you know, they get stuck on that first 20%. Cause I think the 20% of their work sucking is when you're newer, you know, whether it's Amazon or another business or learning a new skill or whatever it is, but that 20% is really front loaded. You know, I can't find any products to sell. Nothing is profitable. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't figure out how to read a keep a chart. I can't figure out how to use this software. Uh, and so because it's so front loaded, it really makes people get down on themselves and, and quit faster than I think people normally would. And so I guess what I'm curious about is like, how did you overcome that? Because like, I know I sucked at the beginning. I, I know you probably sucked at the beginning, you know, so. Yeah. Like, how did, how did you get over that? I know how I did. You know, I, it's, I think what you have to realize is the value of that 70% uh, mediocrity. Um, you know, it, it's, and I think <laughs> I love this rule because it, number one, it, it, I, I think I'm pretty sure it divides evenly into the Pareto principle, right? The, the mm -hmm. 80, 20 rule. <laughs> Cause it's probably like, obviously the 10% of your outstanding work is outstanding and then probably the top 10 percent of that 70 percent is probably making up the 20 percent that is driving 80 percent of your gains you know like yeah. i'd be willing to bet um 
but now it goes back to uh, again. We'll throw uh, throw that New York uh, the New Yorker editor, you know, about how he had to approve work that wasn't as good as as what he could do. Uh, but he was the editor. He wasn't the the writers, you know, so he had to approve that and actually publish it. You know, so it's this gets into this ties into done is better than perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so much of that 70 percent uh, mediocre work is valuable. It, it's paying the bills. It's keeping the lights on. It, it's, you know, it, I mean, ultimately, you just have to I think you primary reason uh, or the primary thing to do in dealing with this is just be okay with that 20% suck. You know, it, it's unless you're, well, I don't even know if, if, you know, a hundred percent private label that that probably doesn't even apply either. Cause you're going to have bad ideas or uh, you know, maybe if you're a hundred percent wholesale, maybe, maybe you don't have the 20%. I, who knows? Maybe you probably yeah. do still, <laughs> but if you're, you're an arbitrager um, you're going to have bad buys even if, I'll tell you what, even if you're hundred percent replens, the, the, you know, the unicorn that has become the word replens, even if you're hundred percent, that lifespan is finite. You know, mm-hmm. your replen is no longer going to be profitable after some period of time, you know, sometimes faster than others. And, and sometimes you'll have one that runs for a long time, but it's going to end. People are going to find it, uh, or something's going to happen. Um, Amazon's going to jump on it. A bunch of things could happen, but you know, you're going to have to, to overcome a certain percentage of your inventory, just not working out sometimes, you know? So, you know, and and I've had a bunch of mediocre buys. Um, You know, I, I source all the time, you know, like I, that's one of the things that I became good at, you know, was, was constantly finding, new products. You know, I've joked that I'm an eternal test buyer, you know, and I could, I can only be an eternal test buyer if I have plenty of opportunities, you know, coming across my desk, you know, it's just, if you, you know, if you can't source and you, you know, you can't find leads and you're a test buyer, you're probably not going to be in business too long. But I, so I just kind of, that's, that's, that's how I learned, you know, that's how to, to be a seller, you know, it was just constantly uncovering opportunities and, and, firing it off and, and only going an inch deep and a mile wide, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you taught me that. And, and that's something I took to heart. Um, and it's just something that I do all the time. So you can survive mediocrity, you know, you can survive 20% sucking, you know, but then once you hit that 10%, that's probably making up such a large percentage of your revenue and all the good, you know, that's going on in your business you know, that 10% is probably responsible for a hefty, hefty portion of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think I, I do like to think that 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 20% is front loaded. And I know that the reason for me, the reason I was able to get past it is honestly, I, I just don't think I'm smart enough to know when I should quit something. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's, it's both a good and a bad thing. Uh, you know, but eventually, I know a lot of people who do give up, you know, when, when it sucks and they don't get to the mediocre part and, and don't give themselves the opportunity or enough, enough times at bat to be able to hit those home runs and those grand slams to, to see the outstanding work. And I I don't know, I haven't figured out how to help people keep going just a little bit longer. 
uh, you know, to be able to get out of that that twenty percent that's that's going to suck. But I do I do like this rule. I think it's I think it's interesting, yeah. uh, and uh, and I think it's I think it's probably spot on. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really you know lends itself to um, all the advice of just do it. You know, just done is better than perfect. Like just, um, and it actually segues into, um, the next point that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I, I came across an article from Kevin Kelly, um, and he wrote an article and it was advice that he wished he knew earlier as he was turning 70 years old. So I was, it caught my eye when I saw it, you know, it's like, man, let me, you know, a 70 year old entrepreneur is probably, probably got some some good advice and i like those kind of articles you know any 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 phrasing like what i wish i knew earlier you know that Mm -hmm. that's just that's in my wheelhouse to begin with so um but yeah about uh his the one great quote is about 99 percent of the time the right time is right now um and i know that both of us we've talked about similar themes it's it's you know it's, it's all just slightly different ways of saying you know, done is better than perfect. Or, you know, that quote of two hours of work is worth more than two weeks of thinking or planning. Um, you know, it's all in the vein of, I think one of our very first episodes of the podcast was, you know, based on just do it, you know, just start, um, you know, and, and then you figure it out. Uh, you know, we're all of us are to a certain degree are fighting uh, paralysis by analysis, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, I know I'm guilty of it, um, but a lot of the research I do is, is actually procrastination from actually, uh, getting started. You know, it's, it's, uh, we've talked about it before and, and a lot of, a lot of new sellers and I was in this boat, they, they want reassurances, you know, and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's so unknown and, and that's scary, you know, uh, and you're really not sure what it's going to look like. You know, you, you, you like the concepts, you know, like I loved, I loved everything about this business when I heard about it. And as I read about it, I was like, this is fantastic. Uh, but it's tough to figure out what it actually looks like. Like what is, you know, as I was working my nine to five and dreaming of quitting and, you know, trying to make this, uh, you know, the replacement you know, like, like it's, it, it was nearly impossible for me to imagine what my actual day looked like, you know, and, and it's, it got a lot clearer once I actually quit and it was like, okay, now you have to fill up your day. <laughs> you know? right. like, and then, and then you start thinking about all the tasks that you have to do. And it's like, oh, I, I've got plenty to do. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it, it becomes a lot clearer, but it's, but it's, it's tough, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you said it before and it, it's a hundred percent accurate is, you know, we want some sort of certainty uh, before, you know, we get past some, you know, point of no return, you know, or we want some assurances uh, before we jump into this. And, and uh, it's a luxury uh, that, that not many people, if any, uh, get, you know, yeah. it, it's just, you have to, you have to just start, you have to just get started and get going. Yeah. You know, the thing is too, is unfortunately, I think we're blinded by what we feel is certainty in, you know, let's say a job, for example, we feel like that's, it's pretty certain. I'm, you know, as long as I show up on time and I don't screw up, I, you know, this job, this job's going to be there for me, you know, but 
I mean, November 2022 is when we're recording this episode, and last week, uh, all like all of the tech companies started laying people off or uh, saying that they are they're going to stop corporate hiring, uh, you know, until they know what the macroeconomic climax are going to be next year, uh, which is just business speak for we have no idea what's what's going on so we better hoard cash so we can make it through uh and, and that's fine they, they got to do that but <clears throat> that just goes to show that even though you might feel certain that your job is going to be there the next day it's very likely that it's very possible that it won't be you know uh half of twitter just got let go this well let's see today's saturday yesterday so half of yep. Twitter got locked out and fired yesterday from, from that company. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's crazy to me. And to your point about using education as procrastination, that is so spot on, man. I, I don't know if it's because I'm bullheaded and you know, not as smart as I like to think I am, uh, but that's been something I've been really lucky to to never do. I'm always kind of like, oh, I can figure, you know, I'll jump out of the plane and I'll figure out how to sew a parachute together by the time I, I need to. Uh, and so I just dive into things head first and figure it out, uh, which is good, but also bad. Uh, but I see a lot of folks who, you know, they want to, they want to measure twice and cut once, but then you end up never cutting at all. You just measure incessantly and over and over and over again. Right. Uh, and I can't remember where I heard that, but it was a great quote and had to work it in there somewhere. Hey guys, wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to the Clear the Shelf podcast. My magnanimous co-host Chris Rasick has put together a gift for you for being a listener. It's called the Monthly Goal Tracking Spreadsheet and it's free. The spreadsheet will help you break down and track how much you've purchased, which should be a leading indicator of how much you will sell. And then you'll be able to track how much you've sold as well as your estimated monthly profit on a daily basis. This will all feed into the daily averages so you can ensure that you're on track to meet your goals each and every month. Grab it for free today over at cleartheshelf.com forward slash goal dash tracking. Thanks again for being a listener. Now back to the show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, <laughs> like we talked about in the Halloween episode, you know, it's, it's the, what exactly are you scared of? What's what's the worst that could happen? You know, like no one's no one's asking you to dial up Alibaba and, and you know, it's it's a ten thousand dollar cover charge. You know, I mean, this is you can take small bets, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's yeah, and you can do it part time like like a lot of us did, you know, and me included is, you know, you do it part time while you're, while you have the day job, you know, and you can actually get a whole bunch of reps in while you still have the security of the, of the day job and, and figure out how to scale it, figure out how to generate enough to essentially buy your own freedom, you know, it's, yeah. uh, but the point, you know, 99% <clears throat> of the time, the right time is right now. It's, it's, you know, the sooner you get started, you know, and I think anybody who, well, probably, probably the majority of sellers that we would talk to that are, that would consider themselves at least fairly successful, I'd be willing to bet a whole lot of them had a point where they, where it clicked and they certainly wish they had started this earlier. 
Yeah. I, I would guarantee that's almost 100%. Except for the the very few elites, you know, the, the 1% of the 1% who were like there on day one and are still around. Uh, I would say everyone would probably say that. Um, yeah, and I, I want to bring up another point about this because there are a lot of excuses to not take action right now. Uh, and one that I've been seeing a fair amount recently is, oh, well, I don't, I don't have any money and I don't think I can get a credit card. Uh, and I'd be like, well, one, I don't necessarily know that you should start with a credit card. Like you should probably get some, some reps under your belt before you go and, uh, you know, sign your soul away to American Express or Visa or MasterCard. Uh, but there is so much money and opportunity everywhere that you can come up with, you can come up with a way to make money. And I'll tell you what I did for my son. So we live in Florida. Uh, we have become those people and we have a golf cart now. Okay. Uh, and so rather than, you know, if we want to drive, you know, we want to go to the park or, you know, we want to go up to Walgreens or whatever, you don't take your car anymore. You just, you drive your, your golf cart around and my son's nine. So he of course is like, well, daddy, you got to teach me how to drive. So I oblige, you know, it's a golf cart. It only goes like 13 miles an hour. So he's not going to kill anybody. Um, he's just going to maim me one of these days. Uh, but we were driving around the neighborhood and we drove past a house that was being remodeled. I see a TV sitting right outside. And so I was like, teachable moment. I made my son go up, knock on the door, ask if it was free or if they were selling it or what they were doing with it. Uh, and they said, oh, well, it's free. We don't need it anymore. Uh, and then he's like, okay, well, you know, does it work? And they're like, yeah, it does work, you know, but it needs a power cord. We use the power cord on another one of our TVs. Uh, and he's like, okay, well, may I take it? And they said, yes. So sitting out in the garage, just waiting for the power cord from eBay to be delivered is a 32 inch flat screen Samsung TV, 1080, you know, not, a, not horrible, but his cost of goods is free. He cleaned it up, and as soon as we can verify that it works, it's going to go on Facebook Marketplace. I'm guessing 50, and we get 40 for it. Uh, you know, and so he's going to make 40 dollars from absolutely nothing, and he's got the opportunity to learn that. Oh well, if I just keep my eyes open, there are literally opportunities even on the curb in my neighborhood, uh, and so. Uh, if you are wanting to get out of where, whatever situation you're in, like it's important to go look for those opportunities if you don't have cash, because I just don't, I don't think that not having cash is an excuse anymore. No, it's uh, you know, you, it's a different mindset. You know, it, it's something you have to have to get used to, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's uh, even if I had read about the, this business and, and flipping in general, um, you know, I know there's a point where I, I would have driven my golf cart right by that TV, you know, and it yeah. just wouldn't, it wouldn't have dawned on me, you know, it, it's a, it's a shift, you know, and, and it's, it, <laughs> there are some comedic moments when your kids pick up on, on what you do. Um, my daughters have, uh, they've sent quite a few doozies on, on stuff, uh, you know, 
and I take them on shopping trips too. Like I'll, I'll oh, yeah. pick them up from school and, and you know, the four year old is riding along with me and you know, Hey dad, can you them. sell this on Amazon from three aisles over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dad, are you selling this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm making them throw stuff in the cart and they're like, Oh, you're going to sell it. How, how much is this? You know, I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And then, but then, uh, you know, the flip side of that is at birthday parties, my nine year old is like, Hey, that's 40 bucks, man. <laughs> like, quit. Like, all right, that's, that's all right. Wait, don't talk about prices in this. This isn't the know? price so is got, right. Little lady. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, I, I like that, you know, there's some positives of being in tune on, on costs and stuff like that, but the, you got to read the room a little bit. So, uh, yeah, there, there's some downsides to it, but, but it's a, it's a wiring, you know, like once you, um, you know, I, I don't even notice anymore, but I'll just say something out at a store or something like that. And I'll, I'll kind of corner my eye, my wife's shaking her head, you know, and it's like, okay, I, I said something that, uh, that, that isn't, uh, that I wouldn't have said before I rewired myself for e-commerce. We'll put it that way, you know? So it's, um, but yeah, you just got to head on a swivel and, and there are more opportunities, uh, than, than you realize especially if you're one of those people sitting there going, you know, I don't, I don't know what, what to do. I don't have any funds. And, and, you know, it's, you don't have to have any, you know, you you can get started with zero. Um, Like I've told it before, you know, I, I started by selling an old cell phone Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was sitting in a drawer and uh, I put it on Facebook marketplace, sold it for 90 bucks. Only took a couple days met in a parking lot of a Walmart and I took that 90 bucks down to Goodwill. But, you know, as much Ralph Lauren and, and Nike dry fit stuff as I could find in that Goodwill. And, you know, I was off and running. So yeah, that, that's, I don't know. Those are, those are my favorite stories of getting started. I think because I don't know. I, I feel like a lot more of the folks who started the way you did with, and flipping an old cell phone or whatever, and then it kind of just growing and growing. I think that I think they tend to stick around a little bit longer. Uh, and it's I don't know. It's always always kind of nice. I don't know whether it's you know because there's a little bit more grit or or what it is, but uh, I always love those stories. Okay. And so, it's it's a unique perspective too. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. just one one last thing is uh, it helps with the mind frame uh, because I think what a big mistake a lot of people make. Um, especially if they're making excuses uh, is deciding yourself what, whether there's a market for it or not. You know, I, I think there's something to be said about just, you know, like trust the data, you know, that, that you see and, you know, don't try to figure out, don't spend too much time figuring out why somebody won't buy something. You know, it, it's especially if anybody who, who did grocery through the pandemic, <laughs> you know, like, you know, before the pandemic hit, I would have agreed with you that there is no way that someone will spend $20 on two boxes of wheat thins. However, <laughs> I know from experience that they will, you know, and that's, uh, you know, that was obviously a special situation, but, but the bigger point is, is still valid. Yeah, that's, I will, I will have to say that is a lesson that I learned fairly early at like 18, 19 years old. Uh, when I was selling insurance, and that's one of it's one of my favorite lessons that I've I ever took away from uh, from my the family business I was in. Uh, but it was don't don't ever sell out of your own pocket uh, 
because whatever you might think is expensive is one, it's cheap for someone else, uh, or the value is there for someone else. Uh, and so you just, I don't know, you, you have to take your personal opinion out of it. If you know that the data is there to back up, you know, a product for sale or a service for sale or, or whatever it is. Uh, and I mean, there are people in New York and San Francisco and, uh, Chicago and other places who are more than happy to spend, uh, two times the cost of a product so that they don't, a, they don't have to go to the store or maybe they don't have a store nearby, uh, or maybe they work, you know, 16 hours a day on wall street and they just don't have the time. And so the convenience factor is worth every single penny. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's probably one of my favorite lessons I ever learned. And it helped me sell a whole heck of a lot more insurance. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yep. There's another piece of that article that, uh, that we talked about before, uh, that I thought was really interesting, but it was, uh, don't keep making the same mistakes. Try to make new mistakes. That one, yeah, Albert Einstein said, uh, continuing to make the same mistake over and over again is the definition of insanity. I mean, that's paraphrasing, of course. Uh, but, and, and it is, you know, if, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it's not working. Yeah, that's, that's kind of idiotic, but I kind of like this, this idea of making new mistakes, uh, because a mistake, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, I screwed up, I failed, but it's, it's really only failure. If you quit, it was an opportunity to learn something, you know, uh, all right, so this doesn't work. So, you know, maybe I try a variation of it. And I tell people this about tactical arbitrage, about using uh, Keepa or any, anything like that. Like you can't break these things. There's nothing you're gonna be able to do or no buttons you're gonna be able to press to, to break these things. So just try it out. And if it doesn't work, go back and try something else until it does work. Uh, and I'd like to, I'd like to know where we lost that spirit of, you know, making a hypothesis, testing it out and then coming back and fixing it or, or, or only certain people built that way. That's, I mean, it has to be TikTok, and, it, and it's clearly partly your fault. So <laughs> no, I, I promise not to give you, not to give you a flack about that. <laughs> I hate but, myself yeah. for watching TikTok, by the way. I absolutely hate myself. I hate you a little bit for it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, like, tell me, tell me this isn't part of that 70% and the, uh, that'll be mediocre and the 20% that'll suck. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's just, maybe it's just a rite of passage. You know, it, let's, let's throw it back to, uh, to my, the, the candy cane seller. Right, that, that I talked about uh, uh, an episode or two ago. And I mentioned it before. What, all Actually, all the fears that we talked about in the Halloween episode, it, it applies to that. What's the worst that can happen? You know, like, you know, I, I'm amazed. It's almost like, I, how many of, you won't say it because you're far too diplomatic, so I'll say it for you. So many of the questions that, that, you get in these Facebook groups and, and this stuff so many times, the answer to the question is, I don't know, try it. 
know, like, like that's that solves so many of these questions. Like you don't, you don't. If if that person had that thought, there'd be so many less questions in so many groups that I'm in. Like, just give it a try. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I mean, what what's the word? You know, like, oh, what if what if the candy canes tank? All right, then you got to liquidate and you take a twenty five cent hit per box of candy canes. So what? You know, like like what what are you afraid of? You know, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, just I've always I've always believed that anything that is skill based and, and anything essentially that, that involves skill and that you can get better at, uh, you know, whether it be through practice or education or, or a combination of all these things, I've always believed that there's a certain set of mistakes that you have to make, you know, and, and not only do you have to make them it's part of making you the best at whatever this endeavor is, you know, it's, again, it's like a rite of passage, you know, and, and um, I, you know, I think there are certain things, certain lessons uh, that, that might only be able to be learned through making certain mistakes, you know? So I've always kind of in this scenario, this type of scenario, I've always looked at the fact that it's like, let's hurry up and, and get through that. You know, like, let me, let me get that scar so I can get to the good stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's, you know, I, I think it's, it's all, all this stuff is connected in my mind. You know, it's all about just get out there and just get going and, and just, you know, if it's a mistake, if it's a bad buy, whatever, you know, if, if you end up running a search on TA and, and those settings didn't work out, guess what? You have, you have data that you can now tweak. And, and, you know, find that sweet spot that you're looking at or keep a, you know, if it, it, I want to try to get this is this setting, you know, just try it, play around with it. You know, you use up your quota for the day, you know, go, you know, go prep a shipment or something like that. Come back in a few hours or the next day. And guess what? Your quota is going to be refreshed and, and try it again. Yeah. You know? And this, <clears throat> this little tangent that I'm about to go on this, this may be a topic for an entire episode at some point. And I may piss some people off too, because I, I am going to, uh, I'm going to blame school for a moment, but I, I, sometimes I wonder if the people who maybe are not willing to just go out and try to make a new mistake, I wonder how much of it is the fault of our education system. Cause like I was listening to someone the other day and they were talking about the difference between convergent and divergent thinking. And, uh, after I do some more research on it and then kind of get my own ideas about it, we're going to probably talk about it a little bit more, but you know, in school, we're kind of, we're really taught how to do convergent thinking. So like one plus one is two. And if it's wrong, like there's nothing, there's nothing else you can do. It's just wrong, you know, but in real life, there's so much more divergent thinking that's necessary. You need to be a little bit more creative and maybe, maybe one plus one is actually three, but how can you actually go out and figure that out? And I don't know. It's, I just, I'm curious if, if there's any overlay, like if maybe more kids were in Montessori schools, would it be a little bit, would they be a little more open as adults to kind of trying to figure out what, you know, what works and what doesn't rather than saying, oh, well, this didn't work. So it doesn't work. I'm not going to try to make another mistake. So I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. That that's similar to, uh, um, the theory that that like absolutes 
the way the way testing goes have you ever heard about that where where it's absolute right and wrong you know is like the wrong way to to either test or, or grade you know because in real life you know if you do something wrong if you mess up your boss is going to tell you you messed up and and you're either going to get more training you somehow you're going to refine yourself to do mm-hmm. it the right way you yeah. know so there was actually a theory of of using that in the education format you know to where hmm. it's not just you know wrong answer that's it you're done you know almost like a retesting you know and then yeah and they kind of tied it into you know uh longer retention periods and stuff like that it was really interesting but that would be that would be very interesting i, I mean honestly in real life that's what we get to do too you know yeah. we we make a mistake if, if we make a mistake in this business well, we can go, you know, to our network, you know, I could always reach out to you and be like, Hey man, I made this mistake. How do you think I should fix it? Or I can go out to the Google machine and, and allow it to just throw all kinds of information at me and, and pick what I think might actually work. And then if that one doesn't work, I can go back and I can, you know, pick another one. Uh, anyway, we're going to, we're going to end up going down a a whole rabbit trail about about how we could fix the education system. Uh, and that's not why people are here. <laughs> how in the same episode do we get, we get convergent and divergent thinking, and then you on TikTok at the same time. How did, how did those things coexist at the same time? We, this is a, uh, we are an enigma wrapped in a paradox, uh, you know, so <laughs> before we wrap it up, you made you made an interesting note in the in the show notes, and I figured we should talk about it. Uh, you know, just because Twitter is top of mind for everybody, it, it, you're getting inundated with news articles about it. Uh, and if you're on Twitter, uh, like Chris and I are, my my handle is at Clear the Shelf, and yours is at Chris Racing. At Chris Racing, I I would a, highly what, what suggest a smooth segue. That was that, that was well done. Thank you. I would highly suggest you go out and hit the follow button. Uh, and I uh, would love to have you out there because we are trying to be a little bit better about Twitter because Twitter, it really is one of those platforms where I think a ton of incredibly smart people hang out. Uh, you know, and Not just in the Amazon and the arbitrage space, but if you're interested in, uh, in business in general or health or anything like that, there are just some really, really smart and and what I think are caring people on on Twitter, uh, and you can reach out and touch them a lot of times. I've had people respond to me that I, there's no way that they would answer my email, but they replied to a tweet, uh, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, but you asked a question: Do you plan on purchasing a blue check mark for eight bucks a month? And uh, I don't know. Why don't you go first, and then and then I'll give you I'll give you my thoughts. Well, I, for me personally, I, I don't tweet enough as it is. I'm trying to, to get a little bit more active because I, I agree with you. Um, I used to make fun of Twitter, um, mm-hmm. like I do TikTok. Um, although I doubt I will develop the same respect for TikTok that I have now developed <laughs> for Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, Twitter, the, the thing I love about Twitter is, uh, it, it's the easiest platform to filter out the type of content that you want to read. Um, or maybe said in another way, it's, it's the easiest platform to filter out the stupid noise you don't want to see. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, whether it be uh, lists or bookmarking certain threads, 
Um, but there is, and, and there's one, it gets, it gets a bit tedious, um, over after seeing it over and over again, but it's, it's a great hook. Certain people use this as there's an entire free education on Twitter, you know, and then usually it's followed by a list of people that they think you should follow and, and, and all that stuff. But, but it's true. Like there's so much good information out there and it's about multiple topics, you know, like I, mm -hmm. I not just, you're right. Like you said, not just Amazon FBA, but um, you know, if you're a writer or if you're trying to build uh, affiliate sites, you know, I mean, like every topic is out there and there are experts offering all this free advice, free knowledge and resources because they're trying to build their following. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's it, it. I mean, it's it's a great exchange rate, you know, like they just want the attention. They want the follows. But I mean, in that process, if you take that deal, you're going to learn a whole lot, you know? Yeah. So it, it, if you really, um, you know, if you take it seriously and, and not just dismiss it as, as something stupid, but it's, you know, I mean, essentially I, what was interesting to me is when somebody called it a, a, a micro blog, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it, that kind of, that sunk in when I heard that, I was like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. And, and i i still read a whole bunch of blogs and i would rather read something than, than watch videos and stuff like that and and you know so it kind of made sense that i would learn to appreciate twitter but uh, yeah i don't have the following personally to justify uh uh buying a blue check mark um mm -hmm. it's not something that i aspire to i mean maybe i'll get there you know if i start being a little bit more diligent uh, about putting some content out there and, and uh, getting more involved. Maybe I'll change my mind, but as of right now, I don't, I don't see the value in it. Okay. Um, but you, now you have a, a, you're following. It has been growing. I've noticed you, uh, you've been very uh, diligent um, and consistent. I've been trying. I, I'm, I'm jealous of, but uh, so I'm more curious about what you're going to do. Well, so here's one of the things that other than all the things you mentioned about Twitter, uh, there are just, they're incredibly smart people there. You can, you can talk to people in just about every reach of the earth, uh, which I hate to say this, but I think that I know that I do, I take that for granted sometimes. And, and I was just struck, I was struck earlier today about how powerful the internet and Twitter and, and social media is, is that we can, we can reach out and talk to these geniuses from all over the world, or, or at least take in what they're saying, uh, you know, about real time things that are happening or, or developing. And it's just, it's just incredible, especially if you like to learn, which I know both of us enjoy that. Um, the other thing that Twitter does, if you write consistently on Twitter, is it absolutely forces you to, I don't know, to shorten up what you want to say or make it more concise, more clear, because you've only got so many characters. And I find myself writing something and then all of a sudden the little circle goes from blue to yellow, letting you know that you're about to go over your character limit. And it's like, oh, well, I can take that out and it still means the same thing. And I really don't need this modifier. And oh, well, there's a dangling participle I can get rid of. Uh, and, and so I think it's something that also trains you to, uh, to kind of share your ideas in a much more clear manner, 
which means you're actually going to learn it better because the best way to retain ideas and, and information is to share it and share it in a, con in a concise way. Um, but saying all of that, I, I read an interesting thread about how being paying for Twitter kind of makes Twitter the product again. And, and we as users of Twitter are no longer the product, if you will. Because right now, the way that most social media sites make money is they know all of our interests and targeting data, and they can hit us with ads. Uh, and by actually paying for it, it kind of removes us as the product to advertisers and would make it so that maybe Twitter is actually the product. And that, I don't know if that's a democratization of some sorts, but I don't know. It seems like a noble cause that I'm I'm into. So I'm happy to give a few bucks a month and it's going to be tax deductible because it's technically for business. Uh, although there is, you know, a lot of interesting personal things on there as well. Uh, so I'm probably going to do it. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm mixed. Like I have mixed feelings about Elon Musk, you know, like I think he's, I think he's a mad genius, uh, on one hand, on the other, I really don't like, like, maybe the womanizing and, and some of the personal things, but I don't know. I'm very interested to see where this goes. And, and if that means I've got to pay for a ticket, I'm, I think I'm on board. <laughs> so the question, the question I want to know is does the blue check Mark does not having the blue check Mark, not paying the $8, does that start having a negative effect? on certain accounts, like especially now that maybe I'm sensitive to this because I, I don't have content that I'm regularly putting out, but you know, I, I like to promote the the podcast and, and I'd love mm -hmm. to have some followers and I'd love to, I just love talking about Amazon in general, you know? So if mm -hmm. I could get, you know, the, me, my personality as, as podcast host out there and Amazon seller, I'd love to have people interact and, and be able to chop it up. But if I don't have a blue check mark, am I not going to be taken as seriously? Like, is it is it almost a a, a cover charge now? Yeah. Anyone anyone trying to uh, have any kind of authority? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I, I don't know. I'd like to think that that will be taken into account, uh, or or does the blue check mark just totally lose its its value whatsoever? You know. Right. Uh, and that would, I don't know, that would almost be okay to me. You know, if, if, if the blue check mark, you know, if I pay for one thinking that maybe I'm going to get higher rankings or, or more impressions or whatever, but maybe that totally goes away and it's a, it's an even playing field for everybody. Uh, you know, but the blue check mark is just to show that, you know, you're actually a legit person and not a bot or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Since since he's only been CEO or, or chief twit for a, a week, I'm not sure that these ideas are necessarily the most ironed out. Uh, right. But I, I hope they figure it out uh, as they go along. I, I'm rooting for Twitter because I think that it's a net positive for the world. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I am too. I don't. Uh, and I'll tell everyone out there right now. If if I if I got political. I didn't know I was. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what part is political. I I thought both sides hate Musk, you know. So I don't. 
you know, if I if I sounded like I was picking a side, it was completely accidental because I don't know. I can't make heads or tails over whose side he's on or supposed to be on or, or any of that <laughs> stuff. So but in general, I, I hope it I hope it retains the qualities that we found in it moving forward, whatever happens. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that it is funny. I've I've got like I've got family members who are like ultra conservative, and uh, and they're like, I can't believe you drive one of those electric cars, uh, and, and and then I've got friends who are you know like super liberal, and uh, and they're like, yeah, Elon Musk is the devil, uh, and I'm like, yeah. I, I I don't know about I don't know about either of you guys. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's interesting how this is all shit. If nothing else, it's, it's fascinating to watch as we move through history. Uh, you know, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I just hope that Twitter stays the good place that it is. And if it's, and if Twitter's not been good for you, you're in the, you're in the wrong part of Twitter and you need to, you need to stop following who you're following and, and create lists and, and curate yeah. your feed because that is where Twitter becomes really, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you, that's a great point. If you, because I was there, I, I know exactly what that is. Yep. I hated it. I was like, this is the, the dumbest thing, but you're absolutely right that you can control, you know, if, if you're sitting there and, and you hate it because of what you're seeing and, and what you're having to read, there is a solution. Give it mm -hmm. another chance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if and if you don't know how to do it, just let me know and I'll send you an article because uh, it is it is one hundred percent worth it. Uh, and anything you can do to stop the pull of TikTok is is great. <laughs> I'll tell you, since since I have become more active on Twitter, my time spent on TikTok has cut it by like eighty ninety percent. It's been that, yeah, that warms my so, heart. That's, yeah, that makes me very happy. You know, yeah. I saw I saw a funny uh, uh, tweet today. Somebody it was in general the the response and and the activity over uh, Musk taking over Twitter. <laughs> Somebody said, "Notice how absolutely no one is threatening to quit Twitter and go over to Facebook." <laughs> <laughs> Thought that oh, was pretty man. good. Yeah, you, you don't want to go working for a robot. Uh, that's that's another. All right. Well, that that's it for this episode. I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and uh, and listen to us ramble on a little bit. I hope you hope you're able to get something from from that episode, which I actually think was uh, was a pretty good one, at least fun to record. Um, we are going to be coming back next week with an episode all about Keepa, uh, and we're just gonna. If you are not currently convinced, we are going to convince you that Keepa is the most powerful, the, the, the bedrock of an Amazon business. And, and you should learn it inside and out if you have not already. Uh, and that's what our next episode is going to be about. I think that's going to be a fun one. Uh, so do us a solid, leave us a review, a like, uh, a follow, whatever it is, uh, you know, make sure to, uh, if you can donate anything to the, uh, to Chris's link down in the, um, down in the, description and uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us uh, every week. So until next time, talk to you guys later.
Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.